here we are with a new episode of Honest Stories podcast. Thank you for listening again. Today I am uh, chatting with Lauren from Hacking the Rat Race, which is our YouTube channel. She started her YouTube channel only three months ago and she is crushing it. Uh, she also works a remote nine to five job currently in Vietnam, so where I met her. And she's an amazing person. She has so many tips about starting a YouTube channel, digital nomad life. She's giving her insight on the best digital nomad destinations from her, la her past six years of digital nomad life. So very, very valuable information. So here we go. Hey, welcome to On A Story podcast. I decided to finally make a podcast, my very own, and I'm so, so excited. So thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. In this podcast, I will share stories uh, of my own and also the people around me because I am surrounded by so many amazing people and I really want to share their stories. Little introduction of my own story. I work as a podcast editor and manager and I absolutely love it. I've been doing this for a few months now and I got to work with amazing clients. I've got to travel the world while doing it, living as a little nomad. And I really want to share my experience with whoever wants to hear it because I am in love with podcasting. Um, listening to podcasts and I think the only next step will be to have my own podcast so I hope you like it please let me know and enjoy the show Lauren welcome to our podcast thank you for having me I'm so excited I'm so excited to have you here because you're like one of those people that I really look up to that I met it in my digital nomad journey that I'm like I want to be Lauren when I grow up Aww. <laughs> Truly sweet. Thank you. I think it's just so cool that you you have your own YouTube channel. And I think that's so cool that you're just like, fuck it, I want a YouTube channel. I'm just going to start one. <laughs> because <laughs> like so many people talk about this. And, then, and I just really like it that you're like, so I will start my own YouTube channel. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it, was, it took me a little while to get the courage to finally do it. But yeah, once I did it, I was all in. So Yay. Well, I'm excited about your podcast. That's just, you're the oh, same. You. you go all in too. I'm super excited. And thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, of course. Um, so why did, you, why did you decide that you wanted a YouTube channel? Well, I've been helping people with personal finance for over 11 years. And I've also been in the finance industry for over 11 years. And I just thought it would be a medium where I could reach more people more easily because in the U.S. especially uh, we have a huge problem with debt and just people having financial problems because I don't feel like it's properly taught in school. So I started this YouTube channel to help people become financially free and be able to live whatever life they prefer but versus being stuck in the rat race. Yeah yeah because the name of your YouTube channel is uh, Hacking the Rat Race right? Yeah, really cool. Um, how, how did you start? Because yeah, like I said, there's so many people talking about this. And then like, how, how did you take the first step? Like, how did the process go? Well, I was really nervous about it at first, because I don't know, it seems a little overwhelming. However, I just decided to just start, I'm just going to make videos. And I'm just going to research a little bit as I go. I'm just going to post it because I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that circle of it has to be perfect. Like my first video has to be amazing. Everything has to go well. It has to be perfect. 
but and then they never start because it'll never be perfect. And actually, one thing I've seen a lot of YouTubers do like more successful is they have a, I mean, everyone's first video is terrible. So you just have to make it. But the thing is, whenever they become great, they'll like remake that same subject. And then they'll say, oh, yeah, I did this with my first video and it was horrible. Don't go look at it. But then, of course, everyone goes and looks at it. So then their channel is getting more views, more watches. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I think you just have to just do it. It doesn't matter how bad it is. And you can see from my first, I have 53 videos right now. From my first video to my 53rd video, I mean, it's a massive difference. And it's still not, there's still a lot, a long way to go as far as making it look better. But I think you just have to start early. Yeah, I completely agree. That was also why this podcast took a while before it actually is here because I felt like this is my, like, this is my profession. This is what I do. I make podcasts for other people. But then I felt like if I do my own and I don't have a microphone and, you know, like all these stupid excuses, like it doesn't matter if you don't have a microphone because you, it's better to make a few episodes without a microphone and then buy a microphone whenever you have the opportunity to do that, then to not make it at all and let something like that stop you. Exactly. Yeah, completely agree. And I will probably look back to my amazing interview skills in like a year and be like oh fuck what did I say <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone does that but you know at least you started like probably I don't know like just like you said so many people never start and that's the thing it's all about time I wish I would have started two years ago I really wish it's when I first had the idea but I things got in the way but I'm like imagine where I would be now if I had been doing this for two years already yeah true so when did you start your YouTube channel? A few months ago, right? Yeah, like in the middle of January. It's so like only about three months ago. Whoa, 53 videos. Yeah. In so I did a four months. Yeah. I did a 30-day challenge. So 31 of those, I literally did a video every single day. And it's like how to um, like build up your emergency fund. So every day you add money and then it gives tips. And so that's how come I have just so many is because 31 was just one month, you know, mm -hmm. like every day plus the intro. So that really boosted it up. But still, yeah, it's still, I'm trying to do three per week. That is a lot. Wow. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you, you really have to on YouTube, you, you kind of have to, if you really want to build, it's really hard to build. If you just do one per week, you really need to do like at least two or three. Mm -hmm. Get yourself out there and. Do you feel like a yeah. lot of people click through, and through your like next video? So when they watch one, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to binge all of them. Mm, but maybe we'll watch one more because I try to make videos where it'll be like, for example, like my 30 day challenge. One of the um, videos is on like getting a side hustle. So then on the side hustle, I have another video, which is 30 unique ideas for side hustles. So I'll recommend like, hey you should get a side hustle. And if you don't know what to do, watch this video. Mm -hmm. So it kind of links them through. So in that case, they might go watch that video. But I don't think people just in general on YouTube just like go binge everything. They just, it's like, it's like almost like Googling. You know, mm -hmm. you're trying to get an answer or to fix a problem. So they might listen to that problem and then that's it. Mm -hmm. So this is your side hustle, right? The YouTube channel, because you have a another job yes yes i work in the mortgage industry so yeah it's my side hustle also mm -hmm. you've been living as a little nomad for like five years is that right yeah off yeah. and on for six years so long why did you decide uh 
live the digital nomad life? Why did you decide to leave home? I don't know. Um, when I graduated from college, I lived in Costa Rica for a year. I went there for two months just to learn Spanish to get my college credits, but it was my last credit. And so I just loved it. So I called home and I just said, hey, I'm not going to come home. So I stayed there for almost a year, just shy of a year. And then I went home and I got a job and did everything. But I guess it was just, I love traveling anyways. So it was always just kind of in the back of my mind. And then one year, Matt and I just started discussing it with a friend. And he literally, within two months, moved to Bali. So we're like, okay, <laughs> he's like doing it. Yeah. So we're like, we kind of need to do that. Like, are we going to, are we going to put our feet to the fire? Like, are we going to do this or what? And literally, uh, I was like, let's just pray about it. And the, literally the next week we, um, I found out I was getting laid off and I got a seven month severance plus my bonus. So we felt like this was the answer, like this is what we're supposed to do. So we went and traveled the world. Um, I didn't get laid off for like eight months. Then I got the seven month severance so we could plan, you know, plan, rent our house and then um, get everything together. So then we just pulled the trigger and we spent one year traveling around the world. And it's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like the best year of your life, but you can't really put the genie back in the bottle. Mm -hmm, yeah. So <laughs> we came home and I don't know, we just decided we wanted to go back out. So we've just kind of been out since. Yeah. Awesome. So that one year you did, you both of you didn't work. It was just traveling. Yeah, we went to 14 countries and we just like travel. We'd spend like a month here, a week there. And just, yeah, we just li went everywhere that we want. Like, you know, we would just plan like a month in advance and we went all over. It was awesome. How oh, cool. I don't even know that much about that world trip of yours. You never really told me that much about yeah. it. It's so funny. <laughs> talk about it now. Cool. How did you find a job that you could do that you could do remotely? That's the funny thing is actually we got certified to teach English because we thought we would just be English teachers. And that was the plan. And then um, I went to quit my job and Matt's been teaching English. And then when I went to quit my job, my company was like, how about you just work remotely? So they offered it. I just was quitting because I didn't think it would be an option. And then they gave it to me as an option. So I did that for, oh, I don't know, like a year or maybe a year and a half. I can't remember exactly. But then um, that company sold. And then um, I had gone home. And then one of my old employers just called and said, hey, you're going to start tomorrow. And I could be remote again. So I've had that job for a little over a year now. Funny that you didn't really expect that, but it just happens like, oh, you could do this remotely. Okay, then <laughs> I'll keep my job then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I mean, I love my job. So it was a good, you know, a good fit. What are your plans with the YouTube channel? Do you have like uh, really big plans or are you just more like, oh, we'll, we'll just see how it goes and just go slowly? And um, I mean, I really, I do. I love it. I actually love it. Like, I think that's the thing too. I think a lot of people uh, maybe, I don't want to say do it for the wrong reasons, but maybe are talking about a subject that they don't love because they think it'll be easy to grow. Does it make sense? I mean, I literally get so excited and I'm actually doing a Udemy course right now, a personal finance one. Isn't that funny? <laughs> cool. but, um, I know. So I've done uh, four episodes that I'm, for the next few weeks. I'm just going to do one episode a week, but I was doing three, but I mean already, cause I'm not doing it right now, even though I am recording videos for that, I just miss it. I just like get so excited to me. It's almost like fishing. 
like just, you know, making a video, putting it out there, and you don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know. I get, I, I just love it. So I want to grow it a lot, but it's also just like, I just get so excited about it. So I'm really happy about it also. It's not just like, I don't know. And what to do with it? I mean, I'm not 100% sure. Like, I don't have like, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of see how it goes as far as like how I would monetize it or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, right now I'm just working on just growing it. So I have a new client um, that I, I work on, on the, I worked on the relaunch of her podcast. She also said that um, like all these, she has one um, episode of her podcast that I added it and it was about ways to get like to do the marketing for your course. And she also said that you should post, what did she say? Like 30% of 30 to 50 percent of the videos that you make for your course you can just um like post that on youtube and then put in a description like oh this is an extract for my course you can buy it here and then like get people to buy yeah. the course so then like your students on udemy will maybe go to your youtube channel and the other way around your youtube audience will go to the udemy course and then that's what I'm hoping. So one of the sections, my Udemy course, this Udemy actually has a really good instructors, like how to do a course, you know, like they really help you on the back end. It's not just, um, oh, you can just put a course here. I mean, they have like, it's awesome. Just how to do everything. They have like all these like planners. Um, in fact, I'm in a thing right now called a course creators challenge. And basically when you sign up, you can sign up to be part of the challenge. They just do it periodically. If you have your course out in 45 days, then they offer to um, like put it either on their Twitter or Facebook. You have to finish it and it has to be accepted. So it's not just, you know what I mean? It has to be hmm. accepted, but um, they market it for you. And then I think there's like a section like new good, you know, like new courses. They'll leave it up there for a week. Wow. Whereas if you, yeah, if you did your own, I think, Obviously, they wouldn't put it necessarily on their social media. And then also the new and upcoming or whatever, I think, is depending on how many people buy the course. Mm, yeah. You know, like if it has a lot of momentum. And also Udemy has so many uh, students on their platform. So it's really good because it kind of helps with marketing because they already have an audience. Yeah. Versus if you're going it on your own. Yeah, you don't have to go it on your own. Yeah, true. The only downside, I don't really think it's necessarily a downside because you have so many people, but the courses, a lot of people who make personal courses, it's like $400 or $900 or three, you know, these are like $20. So you have like a four hour in-depth course, but it's just a matter of like, okay, you know, for like a course that was $500, maybe you only need like 10 people, whereas here you're going to need like, you know, a thousand people. Yeah, but then you also have access to their audience so chances that a thousand right. people will buy it is how does udemy work do, you, do people just buy like course by course or is it a membership no it's course by course oh okay oh so cool that you're doing that and you have all the um video making experience of course from uh from the youtube videos yes it helps but i think udemy like they want really like premium courses you know so it's a little bit, it's like another level up. So it's like a little bit more nerve wracking and the audio has to be great. And like here in Vietnam, I have like a rooster and like, you can just, there's so much noise. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's the only thing that makes it a little more difficult, but I think it's still, it's okay. 
Yeah, you can make it work. We just talked about it at the beginning. It doesn't have to be perfect yet. It just has to be accepted by Udemy and then you can always uh, make it like make new videos when um, when you feel like you can improve. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so you're in Vietnam and you've been there for like three months probably? More? Mm-hmm. Three months. Three yeah. months. Three months. That's where we met at a digital nomad meetup. Um, how do you like yeah. how do you like Vietnam? Because you traveled everywhere and you've been doing a digital nomad thing for a long time. So what is like pros and cons of living in Da Nang? Honestly, as far as the place to live, it is one of my very favorite. Like there are other places that I think are say more beautiful or like for a tourist aspect or short term. But I honestly think for the value and the coolness, like I don't know. It's like a, it's almost like living in Miami or something. It's like a premium city for so cheap. It's unbelievable. And I just always have these like boxes, you know, like, Oh, I wish the city would have this or this. And I mean, I love everything about Da Nang. I love Vietnamese food. I love the people. I love the premiumness of the city. Like they have bars that would rival bars in New York city. Um, everything. It's just the spas are amazing. It's so cheap. The only downside is the noise. It's so loud. Mm-hmm. They just, it's like, I don't know. I mean, and I just think some, just like some people like say Japan is very quiet. Mostly Vietnam is just really loud. They just, it's like karaoke and roosters and honking. And I mean, it's just construction. Lots yes. of construction. Tons. What I also f- found out a downside was the Wi-Fi in Da Nang. It, like internet in general in Da Nang is not that great. It's not bad, bad, but it's also not great. Well, that's the thing that's so interesting because we live in an apartment and each apartment has their own Wi-Fi and we have literally like a router and it's hardwired to the rooms like you have in the U.S. And honestly, we've been here for actually a little over three months, like three and a half months. And we've only had the Wi-Fi go down that one time. Remember I came and, yeah, we yeah. Pod <laughs> and I showed up? Yeah. And it was literally for like 30 minutes. And besides that, we've had zero problems. Now, I do see in the forums, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, the Wi-Fi is terrible. But I'm wondering if maybe like the whole building or like a floor has Wi-Fi and they just don't have very good speeds. So everyone's using it or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Because it's also the um, just the data that I had on my phone when I was in the Nong and everyone was complaining about it. So maybe it's also just the Antong area where a lot of the expats and digital nomad live. Um, maybe it's also just that area because you're a little bit out of there, that area, right? Correct, just on the outside. Yeah, so maybe that's also part of it. But it was just like, even on my phone, sometimes some, e- especially on, on the evening. So I think it was just like busy. <laughs> like everyone was uh, just Netflixing and I don't know. Um, sometimes I couldn't even like, scroll through my Instagram so that's obviously horrible (laughs) yeah for me it was the internet wasn't great and the noise definitely the noise and for me a really a big pro was there is a beach and I really love the beach in Da Nang oh I love it too it's so beautiful and the thing is it's not a beach town I know I've told you this before but so many beach towns everything revolves around the beach so it's to me kind of boring because I just am very active but this city has like everything of a big city plus a cool beach and it's so beautiful and it's it's so long you know a lot of Mm -hmm. beaches are just like a little cove this is like 
goes on forever. Yeah, so it's also not busy because one part of busy is yeah. busy and then you just walk for 10 minutes and there's no one there, yeah. And you have like beach volleyball and a few beach bars, but not that many. And yeah, I miss the long a little bit. <laughs> but I can complain, back. of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I want to come back at one point. I don't know when. Apart from the Nang, what, what is, I, I mean, it's a cliche question, but what is your um, next favorite city or place to live as a digital nomad? Because, oh yeah, what you also said was like, it's a nice place to live, but maybe not the best place to travel to as a tourist. Like completely understand like the difference that living somewhere and traveling somewhere as a tourist, for me, that's like completely different. Um, so what yes. is, what what do you find a good place to live at, as a digital nomad? I think that there's two um, besides Sanong. And one of them is Chiang Mai, which is a place where a lot of their digital nomads live. However, I didn't, I love Chiang Mai. And I spent, we would spend three to six months every year there until I found Sanong. So now I think I'll spend one month there, <laughs> spend the other however many months here. However, somewhere that we've considered permanently relocating to is Portugal. And there's so many cool cities, so I can't really say, like, I love Lagos and also, obviously, Lisbon. Um, it's just a little bit more expensive, so it just depends, you know, um, as far as budget is concerned. But it is my, like, that is my very, very, very favorite because it's a little bit closer to home. The food's good. The weather's good. The people are amazing. Like, I absolutely love it. So that would be my other favorite. And in Chiang Mai, but I think Danang definitely takes Chiang Mai now, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would disagree with that, but it's always your own experience as well, and the people that you meet, and like things like the apartment that you found, and something like that. I think it's all part of like the feeling that you have with the place. Um, so, how do you guys do that normally? Like, do you move around a lot? I know that now you've been in Vietnam for three months, but it's obviously also because of the pandemic. Um, and borders are just closed so you don't really have a lot of options but do you normally like move every month or do you do like half the year in Asia and half the year somewhere else um honestly every year has been different one year just a couple of years ago we spent six months in Thailand and then we did we went to Europe and that year we went to 32 countries so literally, like, for the last months, we went to, like, 30 countries. So we were moving, like, a lot. Like, a week here, five days here, 10 days here. Even, actually, that year, we also spent a month in Budapest. So really, like, I mean, we moved a lot. Like, sometimes we would just spend days and days. But then again, like I said, we could spend three to six months in Thailand. Or, like, sometimes we spend a month. Normally, maybe, besides Thailand or here, we'll spend, like, a month or less. But we try to kind of do half the year more busy and half not because when you start moving around that much, it's exhausting. Like literally at the end of that year when we finished it, I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I should have settled down. You know, it seems exciting and I love it and I love seeing new places. So it is exciting, but moving that much is probably a little bit too much. Yeah, maybe it's just, it's fun, but it's also not sustainable forever to do that. Yes, 100%. (laughs) I wouldn't do it again, actually. We normally try to do like 10 countries. So even if that means staying in one and then like just going to another one for like a week, but then coming back, Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, because that's also the good thing about uh, living like 
either Vietnam or Thailand, like you can always go to neighboring countries on like a little holiday and then go back. So like base yourself somewhere and then travel from there. Yeah, for sure. Yes, interesting. Yeah, I'm also thinking about how I'm going to do the rest of my life. So that's also a reason for me to ask the question. (laughs) (laughs) I also like you said, I like being based somewhere as well. Like now here in, in on Bali, it's just also nice to stay in one place for like a month or two months or three months. Yeah, I think three to six months and then I'm usually done and I want to leave again. Yeah, for sure. That's me too. Like we were supposed to leave at the end of April and go to Georgia for a few months. Because I think we're going to do like, especially with the YouTube channel, because I have to literally set up everything. So it's not like before where I just have, I have more stuff now. So yeah, I think we'll just do like, well, we'll probably be here for a pretty long time given what's going on right now. But if this hadn't happened, maybe like three or four months at a time. Mm-hmm. If it's possible, would you still go to uh, would you still go to Georgia or would you stay in Asia now? Um, I don't know. Probably for now, stay in Asia. I would maybe would go. I don't know. We have some friends that we were supposed to meet in Georgia, and we're supposed to meet you there too. Yeah, and I have some friends that maybe they're gonna try to go somewhere as soon as they can because they're uh, it's my they're dating. They've been together for like several years though, but she's American and he's British, and they're in their respective countries. So they were going to go somewhere in Europe once things start to open up. So I told them to tell us where they're going. But I think we'll probably just stay in Danang most likely. I mean, I really do love it here. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing your story. And you just have a YouTube channel now. You're going to be famous soon. And then you've been on my podcast. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe your podcast is going to be famous. And I'll be like, yes, please come to my channel. (laughs) (laughs) We'll both be famous soon. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm so excited. I'm excited about this podcast. And I think the format is amazing. I think it's going to be super successful. And I'm just so excited. I'm excited for you for finally doing this. Oh, thank you. Um, so if people want to go to your YouTube channel, what is how can they find you? It's Hacking the Rat Race. And are you also on social media? Do you want people to um, find you somewhere else? Um, on Facebook, I, it's also Hacking the Rat Race. So it's the same. And so it's hackingtheratrace.com. I didn't even know you were doing that, that you're making a blog as well. Well, the only reason is because I want to market on Pinterest. And you have to, you can put YouTube videos on Pinterest, but they're not very successful. But if you do a blog, then you can really do Pinterest. And Pinterest is my jam. Like I love Pinterest and I know how to like really make it explode. And so I'm, it's kind of like a test, I guess, because I know how to do it with like, with my jewelry business. So I'm going to just see what happens with YouTube. So anyways, that's why I'm doing a blog. I really would prefer just to do only YouTube, but I think it will help grow my channel. So Um, so I'm learning more about Pinterest right now because I also, like you told me about Pinterest and that it's amazing. And also I saw some other people that are just doing so well on Pinterest. So I'm planning to use it for this podcast thank you very much for being on my podcast that's it i hope you liked the episode i had so much fun making this podcast please let me know what you think you can follow me on instagram or you can visit my website if you want to know more about what i do my website is acpodcastservices.com hope to speak to you soon